Hi, everyone, and welcome to Bad on Paper podcast. I'm Olivia Mentor. And I'm Becca Freeman. And today we're talking about the books that we should all be reading for the rest of the year. One of our most popular types of episodes of the year, I think. Yes, and we have some very fun book recommenders today. I'm very excited. Yeah, it's a great group. Well, before we get into that, let's do some highs and lows. Tell me what your high is. My high is that today I spent a little time on myself. I waxed my eyebrows and I dyed them with beard dye. (laughs) Jake's like, what's with the just for men beard dye? And I'm like, well, it is not just for men, actually. And I use it on my eyebrows. Um, I can't say that they look great, but they look less bad and it felt good just to do something for myself. Um, I also dermaplaned. I don't, do you do that with the like tiny razors? I never do it myself, but sometimes I will go get a facial at glow bar and that's one of the things that they do. And I really like it, but I'm a little nervous to do it myself. Yeah, sometimes I get a little bit like fast and loose and cut myself, but it's like the best exfoliating thing and it's oddly satisfying. So I just spent like an hour doing that today and tomorrow I'm just taking the whole day to myself and I'm I'm feeling good to be getting back to the business of taking care of myself. Oh good. I'm so glad. Thanks. What's your high? Kind of in a similar vein. Mine is also about taking care of myself. I went to a Pilates class for the first time since pre-pandemic. Um, It had truly been so long that the Pilates studio I used to go to closed. So I went somewhere new. Um, And it was both good and hard. And my inner thigh still hurt. (laughs) That's, I think, psychologically, that is very difficult. Because Pilates is one of those things where you stop doing it and it's just pain, excruciating pain to get back into, or at least that's how it was for me when I was doing Pilates pre-pandemic as well. It was fine. I've done a lot of Pilates in my life, so maybe there's some muscle memory there. It was really good to have a class booked instead of wrangling myself to do an at-home workout. I think I'm going to try to make this a, a regular thing. There's a studio not too far from my house, so I think I might get a membership, but um, it felt really good. Oh, good. good. I'm glad. That's a nice feeling. I need to get back to working out as well. What about on the low side? Motivate me. Um, I wasn't going to have a low, but then I remembered that I watched this horrible thing, which is a low. So I watched the Natalia Grace docuseries. Have you heard of this case? It's about this couple who adopted this person who they thought was like six or seven, maybe, maybe younger. And then ended up maybe being in her 20s. And anyway, it was the most convoluted, strange docuseries I've ever watched. It's like nine episodes. I learned nothing. I feel like I know less, actually. It was highly disturbing. Um, Don't recommend to anyone. Don't recommend. So I mean, this is... This must be very grisly that for you it was too much like if this were my low it could be like babies sleeping on marshmallows I'm such a weenie yeah it just was really upsetting and there was no conclusion like there we I didn't learn anything by the end and it just made me like fear for children in this world because the fact that they gave this guy a kid under any circumstances, like who is clearly 
mentally unwell. Anyway, if you've watched, you know. But if you haven't, don't. <laughs> I wasn't going to, but I now I doubly won't. <laughs> well, what's your low? Um, my low, not surprisingly, is the smoke issue that we've been having in New York City. And I think a lot of the Northeast and even some of the Midwest is having because of the wildfires in Canada. It has been truly wild. I know people who live in California and obviously the people around the wildfires have been dealing with this much longer. And, and maybe it's kind of like, you know, when it snows in the South and you're all of everyone all of a sudden freaks out, like maybe that's us with the smoke. But oh my goodness, it has been very jarring this week. It's been wild both visually to see it, but then also just to feel it. Like it it has been so intense here with the smoke that I can actually, and I don't think my apartment is super well ventilated or insulated, but like I can feel it in in my house too. Like just like heaviness in my lungs kind of. Yeah, that's, we had it here too. And we have an air purifier, which we mainly got for like dust and stuff when we're doing work on the house. And I noticed it was like four times what it usually is. There's a little readout. For a second, I was like, why is it that? Like, is it that dirty in here? Like, is it that dusty? And then I realized it was from the fires. So I guess it was getting in here too. But yeah, it's been crazy. Okay. <laughs> Before we get into all of these great book picks, let's take an ad break. So if there's one thing that I have really leaned into this year, it's loungewear. I feel like I spent most of last year buying cute outfit after cute outfit for fun trips and vacations, but this year things have been a bit slower, which means that I am really prioritizing comfort. And that's why I have been loving Cozy Earth's lounge set because I can feel comfortable and relaxed in what I'm wearing while also looking a little more put together. You know, in a movie when someone like shows up uh, unexpectedly to like a fancy person's home and they answer the door and they somehow look very comfortable, but also like they are perfectly pulled together. That is what the Cozy Earth Lounge set really reminds me of. Oh my gosh, that's such a perfect description. For me, it has not just been my favorite at-home loungewear, but it has become my go-to plain uniform. And I said this last time, but actually when we were leaving London, Rachel complimented me unprompted saying how cute and comfy I looked. And the thing I love about this lounge set is that the fabric is great. It's really breathable. And it has enough stretch in it that it doesn't lose its shape and kind of start to look frumpy, even on a long flight, like a transatlantic flight like I took from London to New York. And another thing that I really love about them is that they also come in tall sizes, which I think is really hard to find in loungewear, especially nice loungewear sometimes. But I think what they're actually best known for is their bedding and specifically their bamboo sheet set. I have a set of these and I describe it as like a satiny kind of finish, which Oprah, by the way, described as the softest ever. So if you don't believe us, then you can really believe Oprah. And the other thing is that they have a warranty and a 100 night return policy, which pretty much cannot be beat. If you want to try Cozy Earth's bedding or loungewear, we have great news. Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can take 35% off site-wide at CozyEarth.com when you use the code BOP. Again, that's CozyEarth.com with code BOP for 35% off. Olivia, will you kick us off? As our first, I guess you're not a guest, but as our first book recommender, 
what two books that come out between now and the end of the year did you bring for us today? I have brought two books that are two of my most highly anticipated reads. Full full transparency, I have not yet read either of them, but I 100% can vouch for the past work of both authors, and I cannot wait to read them. Tell me. So the first one is something that anyone can buy now. It's out now. I think it just came out in early June. And that is The Whispers by Ashley Aldrain, who is the author of The Push, which everyone knows is one of my favorite books of all time. This is a thriller, but it's, I guess, more of like a domestic suburban type of thriller, if if you like that. And the premise is there's a neighborhood barbecue and this picture perfect mom in the neighborhood loses her cool at the party and ends up like kind of lashing out and yelling at her son and everyone sees this happen. And, and later that night he falls out of his window. So he is in a hospital and as the story unfolds, secrets about these families in the neighborhood come out. It's described as exploring envy, women's friendships, desire, and the intuitions we silence. And I love nothing more than a thriller that really dives into different aspects of just being a woman or culture in general or both. So I am so excited for this. I have heard nothing but good things. It is an incredible cover, incredible cover. I am going to go buy a copy as soon as I can get to a store. I am very curious to hear what you think about this because I have heard that this one is a little less dark, a little less scary maybe than The Push. So I'm wondering if after you read it first, if you recommend it, but then second, if you think it's something I can handle too. I will definitely report back. I'm going to try to buy this tomorrow, actually, if I can. So hopefully I'll, I'll read it soon. Ooh, I can't wait. What's the second one that you brought? So the next one is also a thriller, um, but this one doesn't come out t- until October. So I have one that you can buy now and one that you'll have to wait a bit for. But I personally love a spooky October read. And this sounds perfect for that. And the book is Midnight is the Darkest Hour by Ashley Winstead, who wrote In My Dreams I Hold a Knife and The Last Housewife. And she also has romances. Um, So this book has been compared to both Twilight and Verity. So immediately I'm also (laughs) already interested. You can stop talking. I don't need anything else. I think it might be (laughs) too scary for you based on what I've read, but I will report back. I will read it first and then tell you. Um, So this one is about a series of killings in a small Louisiana town, and it's described as an examination of the ways we've come to expect love, religion, and stories to save us, and the lengths we have to go in order to take back power, and I love this part, and the monstrous work of being a girl in this world. And I thought, wow, okay, sold. I'm in. So it's giving me true blood vibes, big time. I think it's maybe a little supernatural. It's supposed to be very dark, very scary. I have it right here. It's a beautiful cover as well. Um, Comes out October 3rd. I'm counting down the days. I'm going to have my like hot cider and my blanket scarf, and I will be reading this spooky book. I love this. Well, let's get into some of what our other guests are recommending. We're so excited to have Katie, who is the creator of Beach Reads and Bubbly, an Instagram account and blog dedicated to sharing her favorite reads. She loves getting lost in a beach read from sweet romances to twisty thrillers and pairs each book with a tasty book-related cocktail. Welcome, Katie. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I feel like this has been a long time coming because I feel like people 
are always like, do you need, do you know Beach Reads and Bubbly? Did you see that Beach Reads <laughs> and Bubbly recommended this book? Like, it's true. It's, it's very true. I feel the same. I feel like I'm getting the same thing in my DM. So I feel like this is a match made in heaven and should have happened a long time ago. Do you think that her respective followers are trying to instigate a meet cute? I think they are. <laughs> They're like the meddling ants in the book that like yes! brings us together. And first and we're we going to be enemies them. and then we'll grow or friends. It's not going to be lovers <laughs> right away. We're Our story's too interesting for that. <laughs> yes, I love this. Well, I'm so excited to hear. What did you bring to recommend to us today? Okay. I have two books I'm very excited about. I'm going to start with the one releasing the soonest. And this might be controversial, but Allie Hazelwood's newest book, Love Theoretically, is coming out. I don't know when this is coming out, but soon. And I am so excited for it. So it's controversial because I feel like a lot of people feel like Allie Hazelwood writes a similar story over and over. <laughs> but I'm here to say I would read that story, even if it was identically the same in every single book, I would be the first in line to get it. I just love the way she writes. I just think the romance, the dialogue is so fresh and funny and there's a lot of theme that I love and I just always love the leading men and the STEM element is really interesting to me and like I inevitably always learn about a field that I'm not super familiar with like she makes science sexy and that is cool to me so I'm very excited for that to come out ASAP will you guys be reading that I'm not sure so I'm I we pre-recorded the end matter for this episode and I just read my first Allie Hazelwood this weekend and I was saying that I'm um I never know with TikTok books whether I'm going to love it or hate it but I was just so intrigued and I loved this one but now that you say that they're all samey I don't know that I want to read the same one again but maybe I'll give myself a little time to to forget about it and then I won't remember that you it's should. the same plot yes give it like a year because I only read them when they come out and then I'm like oh this is all new I mean I, I'm glad to hear you liked it because I just love the way she writes. I've never read any of her books. If I, should I start with this one? Do you think this? I would, I think the love hypothesis is like what put her on the map for a reason and okay. is the blueprint. I feel like a, I just think you should start there and you will not be disappointed. That, and if you don't love it, then I would not read anything else from her. <laughs> that book has Noted. also sold over a million copies. Like, I, I mean, there's something where, like, the numbers can't be wrong with, with, like, a Colleen Hoover or something where you're like, yeah, it might not be for you, but, like, you can't argue with the fact that over a million people have bought that book. That's insane numbers yeah. for a book. And I'll say um, she came out with some novellas, which I was very against because I want her to write, like, 800-page books, and these were novellas. <laughs> um, and the novellas were amazing. I mean, they it, I think you could buy it in a box set now, but they were so much fun. I've never read a novella before that and I loved them. So, I mean, I'm a huge fan as you could probably tell. I saw so many people reading the novellas last December who had reading goals and were trying to like sneak it in and so I couldn't quite <laughs> I couldn't quite tell whether they were actually good or whether people were like I need short books because I have an arbitrary reading goal that I need to hit. I would say they're actually good. Oh, and good to that's know. a bonus for if you want to hit your reading goal. There you go. Good to know. That's true. But tell me about your second book because I already know what it is and I'm equally excited. <laughs> okay. So my life was changed when I read the fourth wink, fourth wing. I'm not being hyperbolic. I like loved that book so much. I'm a huge, a court of thorns and roses fan, um, but new to the world of fantasy. Um, like I haven't read a fantasy book since I read a court of thorns and roses. 
Um, and I picked up the fourth wing because everyone on TikTok told me that I should. And my expectations were through the roof and the fourth wing delivered. And the next book is coming out in November. It's called Iron Flame. And I just know, I mean, if you've read The Fourth Wing, you know that the way it ends makes you dying for the sequel. If you haven't read fantasy and you've always kind of wanted to try out fantasy, I think The Fourth Wing is a great place to start because there's only one book out. The people in it are human. And so, you know, it's not too fantastical that you can't kind of wrap your mind around it. But yeah, Iron Flame is like, that's what I'm most excited for for like the next 12 months, probably. I can't decide whether the best time to read a fantasy series is when it first comes out so that you get to like have all that great anticipation or if it's when it's already all out and so you can binge it. Because I feel like there's pros Mm -hmm. and cons to both, but like I'm bereft that I have finished it and that I have to wait now five (laughs) months. Not that long though. It's not like a year. It's less than half a year. Yeah, it's worth. It's like better than a Sarah J. Moss wait. But then, but then we're gonna be ex- and then I mean Sarah J. Moss. Don't even get me started on her and the wait for the rest of the Avatar series. But then we're gonna be done with the second book, waiting for the third. I'm with you. I like up to binge series. I just think it's like the best way to consume the whole story. I mean, but I'm not a big rereader, so I don't. Yes and I'm no, but then stuff. have you read Zodiac Academy? No, and I it's on my list. So I read Zodiac Academy this winter, and Katie, it is not an exaggeration to say that it it took over my whole life. Like, I hated those books by the time I was done. They were so good. I loved it. I highly recommend it. But I was like, they're so long, and there are so many of them that I was like, I need my life back. Like, I need to do anything else other than read these books. How many books are in that series? So there's eight out, but there's going to be nine in total. So there's one more. And okay, they so maybe I shouldn't start it. And they get longer and longer and longer. By the end, they're like twelve hundred pages per book. And they're batshit crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> completely bonkers. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I would agree. It is nice having the anticipation, and then it feels like we're all going to be reading the second book together, which is like such a treat because I feel like I read Akatar. You know it. You run into spoilers and you're just not part mm. of the mm-hmm. conversation. So I feel like when it arrives, Iron Flame will all be reading it and taking the day off work. I agree. So, Well, we got to know, if you could take any fictional character to a chain restaurant, who are you taking and where are you taking them? Okay, this is a little cheeky. <laughs> I would take... I've been talking about Agatar so much, my God, but I would take Rizand, obviously, the most ideal book boyfriend of all time. And in this situation, like I'm single, I'm not married. He's not, he's mated with me. Okay. So I would take him to Starbucks. And oh. why would I take him to Starbucks? This is why. Because most, you can always, there's a lot of Starbucks that are connected to a hotel. So I take him to Starbucks. I thought you were going to say because it's a single stall bathroom and you can lock the door. <laughs> but the hotel is much more civilized. I have a little class. Okay, we'll get a nice suite. <laughs> what do you think his order is at Starbucks? Oh, ice water. Ice water. Nothing else. Like, what does he need? He doesn't need caffeine or any. He's just, yeah, I think he'd keep, or like black coffee. Okay. What do you think? I guess I don't really know. I, I'd love it if I'd love him. Right. I'd love to watch him try 
like the most ridiculous frappuccino beverage that they make. I don't think he would order mm. it, but I'd like to just watch. I, that is so funny you say that. That's, I was talking to my sister before this, and she was like, maybe like a chocolate chip frappuccino, because like he's the king of the night, and that's like a night dark <laughs> drink. We're we're workshopping a lot of different ideas. There's nothing darker than a chocolate chip frappuccino. Exactly, that's true. Black coffee, we'll go back to that. <laughs> I love this. Katie, can you please tell everyone where they can find you if they want to keep up with you on the internet and get more of your book recommendations? Yes. So you can find me at Beach Reads and Bubbly or BeachReadsAndBubbly.com. All my recommendations are there as well. I'm not on TikTok. I mean, I am, but I don't do anything there. So just don't try to find me there. <laughs> but I so appreciate you guys having me on. And I like love talking books. So thank you so much for letting me do this. Of course. Of course. Thanks for being on. We are so thrilled to have with us today Sochil Gonzalez, who is the New York Times bestselling author of Olga Dies Dreaming, which was named a Best of 2022 by the New York Times, Time, Kirkus, Washington Post, and NPR. Olga Dies Dreaming was also the winner of the Brooklyn Public Library Book Prize in Fiction and the New York City Book Awards. She is a 2021 MFA graduate from the Iowa Writers' Workshop, and her nonfiction has been published in El Decor, Allure, Vogue. Real Simple in the Cut, and her commentary writing for The Atlantic was recognized as a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize. She is a native Brooklynite and a proud public school graduate, and she holds a BA from Brown University, and she lives in Brooklyn with her dog, Hector Laveau. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I hope we don't hear from Hector while we're on this. (laughs) I honestly (laughs) wouldn't mind. talking to each other. I know. He just got a haircut, so he's feeling very spry and handsome. (laughs) (laughs) Very excited about life. Yeah, exactly. He's very excited about his shorn locks. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming. We have talked so much about how much we loved Olga on this podcast. So I'm excited to actually hear from you and to hear what you brought to recommend to us. Oh, yes. Okay. So one is coming out soon. The other is coming out in the fall. One is John Manuel Arias's book, Where There Was Fire. It is like it is fire. This book is Ooh. fire. It, it, it's <laughs> historical fiction and family saga that takes place in Costa Rica around the American Fruit Company, which was like, you know, sort of the big banana growing company. They were like sort of two American banana growth companies. And like, you know, it sounds like corporate intrigue, but there's sort of there's a corporate intrigue plot. There's like steamy, sexy affairs. There's oh. like, you no, know, there is like. Uh, arson there is madness there's infertility i mean there is so much in this book and like and then there's kind of a a leaving an immigration narrative there's a coming back narrative there's like implications of colonialism and like imperialism that are like it's just chock full of stuff but mainly it's very very a steamy page turner and i kind of had the best time reading it this winter because it was like cold and it made me hot like yeah i was really really (laughs) book so and it was like a side of you know I think it's been beautiful as a Latino writer like seeing Latinx fiction get so broad in like the experiences and the stories and the countries that we're representing and our backgrounds and so I just also I didn't know very much about Costa Rica and like and obviously like this whole entire kind of idea about fruit imperialism like I didn't know anything about it and so it was also kind of educational without being at all polemic Oh, I love this. Oh. And did you tell us what time period is it set in? 
it's set in like the 60s, I believe. Okay. Like in, yeah. Like, so so it's recent historical. Yeah, it's contemporary-ish. And like, and then there's like another point, like the contemporary times, I believe, are like in the 80s and then it comes up to more contemporary time at the very, very end. But like, but it's really, um, oh, and it's great. I mean, it's just like, like class, like cross-class love affairs. Like it's pretty, it's chock full of, of stuff, but it all really works. And um, yeah, you just kind of, it makes you want to have a drink with John Manuel. <laughs> like, I want to know about what's going on up there. Yeah. Oh, this sounds great. This was not on my radar. So I'm very excited to add this to my, to my watch list. Oh, good. Same. And it's a good, I think it's like a perfect, it comes out the 29th. So it's right before Labor Day. I feel like it would be like a perfect Labor Day read. Oh, August 29th. Yeah. August 29th. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yes. Perfect. Perfect labor read. Um, and then my next book is coming out this fall, and it's a topic close to my heart. It's um Brooklyn crime novel by Jonathan Lethem. Um, and it's almost like a contemporary retelling, like in some funny way, it's like a new version of um a fortress of solitude without the magical realism and almost taken from in a collective. Like it's really like it's a very unusual book. Like it may it's um it's told almost in tiny vignettes as though we're investigating a crime. Okay. Um, and looks at the history of a particular block over the course of like, from like the 1970s until like the 20 teens and, um, and the characters on this block. And like, and it's really like, a literary tour de force like from like you know my wonky mfa person in me is just like like loves it but i also fortress is one of my absolute favorite books being a native brooklynite and just all that it chronicles and it was just kind of a really um a really cool way to revisit topics and themes but like without it just focusing on this like intimate immediate story of one narrator and making it a little bit more about a community and i just thought it was like a very um I don't know. It's like a, it's a really urgent book in the sense of like we're dealing with so many places are dealing with gentrification and just sort of like what are the power dynamics of that and all like what are the human stories behind that and like and I just um and obviously the Brooklynite of me really loved it too but like it's it, it's it's a fun it's also kind of a fun read because you feel a little bit like you're following these these plot lines that are on the one hand have like giant consequences like socially but on the other hand it's like what will the two boys do with the sod quarters that they've been playing with all afternoon? But like, you know, it's going to like pay <laughs> off and then it really does. Um, so it, it was, a, it was a really cool, good read and it was fun to be reading Lethem back in Brooklyn again. Now as a wimp, I have to ask, is this going to be too scary for me or is this the type? No, it's okay. not scary. It's more of like social crimes in Brooklyn, Brooklyn lore, okay. you know, like Thing. Okay. I mean, like it's a, it packs a punch at the end. I won't lie, but like I definitely feel like um, you're really along for the ride, and like, and it's. Um, I, I think we don't live in a time of like nuanced conversation, and it takes a really nuanced look at like what are the forces at work when um, a neighborhood kind of comes out of nowhere, and this in particular is about Borum Hill kind of coming out of nowhere. So I had a really fun, um, I had a fun time reading it and dissecting it and like reading it with friends from Brooklyn and kind of talking about things. So it, it, it was a good, it was a really good provocative book. Oh, I love this. From sitting here in my dining room in Williamsburg, I am very excited <laughs> to check this out. Oh yeah, you're gonna be into it. You're gonna be into it. Like, and no one, no one goes unscathed. So it's not quite a satire, but it is a lot of fun. Yeah. Did you say when this one comes out? You said the fall, right? Now, hold on. I have this one. It comes out in front of me, and it comes out in October. But I don't have the pub date. I just know October. Okay. October 2023. Yes. 
Love this. Yes, yes. Awesome. Our signature personality question for you, now that you recommended some books, we need to know, if you were to take a fictional character to a chain restaurant, who are you taking and where are you going? Okay. My very first thought, which I just decided to go with, is I really want to take the narrator from the sellout because he's such a troublemaker to like Red Lobster. Like <laughs> I just feel like it would be like absolute chaos by the time we were done. And like, <laughs> I think like, the lobsters would be out of the tanks. Like I think it would just be mayhem and like people would have been tricked into things. And like I just was like, who would be a fun person to cause mayhem with? And I decided that that narrator would be the person. <laughs> I love this. And you get some of those Plus, cheddar old bay rolls. So, you know, no yeah, matter what. I was what, about no to say loops. the same exact thing. <laughs> and I don't even know the last time I was at a Red Lobster. But like, I mean, I guess we could also go to an Olive Garden. But like, I just needed something that was sort of table side service. And like, and I just imagine lobsters going everywhere. And that made me really happy. I love that. I love that. <laughs> And before we let you go, I know you have a book coming out next year, which hopefully will be on our recommendation list the next time we do this in January. Can you give us the sneak preview of what's coming out next from you? Oh, yes. It's called Anita DeMonte Laughs Last. Um, and it comes out March 5th of 23. And it 24. is a dual. 24, 24. That's right. We're in, no, 23, 23. We're, what year are we in? 23. This is 23. Oh, oh yeah, 24. Oh, God, my life <laughs> Flashing before my eyes, ladies. Like, I, you read my bio. I've been very busy. So anyway, <laughs> it's going to get March 5th, 24. And I am so excited about it. It's a dual storyline um, that follows the mysterious death and afterlife of Anita DeMonte, who was an artist on the rise, who suddenly mysteri- perishes at very dubious circumstances. And she's the talk of the art world in New York. Until one day she absolutely isn't. And she's completely forgotten until 1998 when she is stumbled upon by Raquel Toro, who's an art history student at Brown, my alma mater, um, in the 90s. And and she stumbles on the work of Anita DeMonte. And it sort of changes. She's kind of in that coming of age summer. She's fallen in love for the first time. She's a little bit, she's a first gen college student. She's been a bit of a fish out of water, but has fallen in love with like, a very successful, kind of very well-connected artist and her kind of stars on the rise. And then she, her life intersects with this artist's work and everything just sort of changes. And so it's told in the perspectives of both Raquel as well as the ghost of Anita de Monte, who's a very, very angry ghost. She is not, she's not happy about having been dead, but she is much more unhappy about having been forgotten. So, <laughs> Oh, I love that. If a ghost can be a good time, she's a good time. I cannot wait. I, I know it's not a classic genre, but I love anything set in the art world. So I'm very excited. It's a blend of campus novel, art novel, mm. and ghost story. And so, um, yeah, like a weird fever dream in my brain. But um, yeah, it's really, it's been inspired by the story of Ana Mendieta, the Cuban-American artist who died in 1985 and like, and my own time as an art history student. So it sort of was, and then they all went to work in the Imagination Factory and this book came out. Oh, it sounds so good. Um, it before- sounds wonderful. Finally, before we let you go, can you tell people where they can find you on the internet if they want to keep up with you? Yes, it is. So chill the G on Instagram and it's X-O-C-H-I-T-L, the G as in my last name, Gonzalez. Um, And that is kind of my main 
social portal these days. So that's the probably the best place to find me because I don't check my LinkedIn messages. And then I'll also <laughs> urge people to check out her first book, Olga Dies Dreaming, which is not necessarily related to the second one, but you know, just so you're like ready and you're caught up. Yeah, they're 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 all chingonas, as I would say. Like, there's no there's no shrinking violets in any of my female characters, so it'll prepare <laughs> you in that sense. Yes, I love that. Awesome. Thank you so much. Let's take another ad break. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. If there's one thing that most of us can probably relate to, it's the feeling of being totally burnt out. It's so easy to put all our energy into work, family, or partners, or creative projects that at the end of the day, we've put very little energy into taking care of our own mental health. I know that I've been feeling not my best these past few weeks, and one of the things that has really kept me afloat is the things I learned in therapy. The first of those being that it's okay and important to take care of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Personally, therapy has helped me get to know and have more compassion for myself, learn ways to cope and self-soothe through trauma and stress, and above all, prioritize my own well-being day in and day out. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash paper today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash paper. Now let's get into a few more recommendations. Tim Ehrenberg is the creator of Tim Talks Books at Tim Talks Books on Instagram, the marketing director for Nantucket Book Partners, vice president of the Nantucket Book Foundation, and the resident bookworm for Nantucket's luxury lifestyle magazine, penning a need-to-read book review column in every issue. Tim is also getting ready to launch a brand new literary podcast, Books, Beach, and Beyond, with his co-host, New York Times bestselling author Ellen Hildebrand, in partnership with N Magazine, featuring guests like Taylor Jenkins Reid, Jenna Bush Hager, Ann Patchett, Colleen Hoover, and many more. And we're so happy to have you on the podcast, Tim, to tell us about your most anticipated reads and more. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. Thank you. Yeah. So what is your first most anticipated book? What should we all be reading for the rest of this year? Okay. I love campus novels. I don't know why, but boarding school novels, campus novels are my favorite. And for some reason, there was this influx of them that I read in the winter getting ready to come out this summer. So the first one is The Rachel Incident by Carolyn O'Donohue. And I think this comes out at the end of June, so June 27th. And this just took me, I, I keep saying that it was like a time machine and took me back to my college days. We, most of us were there in that you are, it's your first time that you're kind of on your own, but you're still such an innocence about you. Your life is surrounded, your life are your friends. Maybe you have a part-time job, but you just, you know, you go to your classes and then you, you know, you report back to your friends. And that's what this book is. It's just like you go back to your college days and the humor in here. Some of it I feel like was just lifted from my life. I feel like I, I was laughing so loud, but it also takes place in Ireland, which I did not go to college in Ireland. So it, it was just funny that that uh, across the <laughs> across the pond still translated so well. But I loved it. I think uh, one of my favorite books last year was Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. And she um, reviewed this book and said kind of similar things that I did. So I 
recommend picking it up. Oh, it's so good. I'm seeing this everywhere. Yeah, it reminded me kind of of a cross between Sally Rooney and Dolly Alderton, which are both favorites. Yes, yes. It also just felt truly unique, too. I agree. I agree. It's something all its own, but yet maybe it has kind of been done before. But for some reason, I think it was maybe, for me, it was the humor mm-hmm. and it was just the dialogue between the characters was so real and it felt it resonated so much with me. I also love the cover. This is also a Jenny Jackson book that she edited. So I, I trust anything Jenny Jackson edits, to be honest. Yeah, same. I mean, Pineapple Street was such a great book of March. I loved it. So what is your second book that you have for us? Okay, the second one is also kind of a campus novel. Um, It's called Speech Team by Tim Murphy. He wrote Christodora a few years ago, and he hasn't had anything on the shelves for a while. Um, This book is about four people in high school that were on a speech team together. And then it's about them kind of rekindling that relationship 20 years later when they're adults. And they get back together, and basically their speech team teacher... uh, all said something to them that kind of affected them negatively as they grew up. And they always kind of thought back on it. I don't know if we, I mean, I think I have some things that if you could go and confront someone back in your high school days, maybe you would. And so they decide, and that's reunion that they get back together. They decide to go find that professor and confront him about the things that he told them when they were his students. And the character development, the characters together and how they are similar to Rachel incident, it just really resonated. But I just really loved that idea of of, of going back to maybe talk to somebody that maybe you that you always kind of think about, like, maybe I should go back and figure that out. Oh, I love the sound of this. <laughs> it's so good. It's out the beginning of August. And I just lo- I, I loved it. I really did. And is this contemporary? Yeah, it's I also love the cover. And I realize this is a podcast that I'm showing you the, the um... I was asking because of the cover, the cover looks a little like 80s to me. Oh, I was thinking 70s. Well, I think there it's probably maybe that they were in high school in the seven, like late 70s. Or okay. 80s. But the cover reminds me of Scooby-Doo. Like that's like, it's like a-, a Yes, it does, exactly. I was thinking the same exact thing, but I wasn't sure if I should say it, but it works. Yeah, I just I loved I loved all the characters. I loved how they interacted with each other. It's really, really good. I actually have a third one, too, but I'll be really quick. Please. Tom Lake by Ann Patchett. This is a book about a woman who has four four children and she's telling them about when she was an actress in the play Our Town. And she was an actress with a famous celebrity. And it's kind of all about how our parents had a life before they were our parents and that you don't, you know, we don't necessarily get to know all of those things, but this book, it's during COVID. And so her whole family is back together on a cherry farm in Michigan. And they want to know the story about when she dated and acted with this famous celebrity. And so she's telling the story about that past time. And I was an actor in a past life. And so did a lot of summer stock theater. And it was just so fun to relive those moments, too. So all three books, I feel like, just kind of resonated with me in a way of my past and just really brought all that together in a really great way. Oh, I'm so excited to check these out. But really why we brought you here, what we need to know is if you were to take a fictional character to a chain restaurant, who are you taking and where are you going? Oh, my gosh. So I live on Nantucket Island, which has no chain restaurants. So my answer to the which restaurant I'm taking is probably it's just so bad. But what I crave is McDonald's. Okay. So I will be going to McDonald's and I am going to take Dobby the house elf from (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. The way that I was not expecting that, it was was amazing. I don't know what I was expecting, but I was like McDonald's, Dobby. 
I just feel like I, I mean, I think about that character so much. I mean, I, it, I mean, I won't any spoilers for any Harry Potter um, people that haven't read it, but I, um, I just, I, I loved that house elf. And so I was like, who would I take? And I'm going to get my two cheeseburger meal with a Sprite and Dobby's going to be right next to me eating it. Now in, in Harry Potter canon, does, does, what does Dobby eat? Does Dobby eat? I think that he would be very intrigued by a McDonald's, don't you? I hope it's Who his doesn't first eat McDonald's. Human food is McDonald's. <laughs> Everyone eats McDonald's. Oh, really bad if the first human food I was giving to the house elf was McDonald's. But I just, like I said, I just, it's something that you don't think that you would miss. But when you don't, I mean, I can't eat it because it doesn't exist here. So I, um, so I do miss McDonald's. Are you guys just like on Route 6 and Hyannis, like at, at a McDonald's? <laughs> The minute I get off the ferry and my husband is like, where do you want to go? And I'm like, I need to go to Starbucks and I need to go to McDonald's. <laughs> Solid choices all around, honestly. <laughs> I had better answers and I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to be really real with them of what exactly it popped into my head. Speak your truth. I feel like Mr. Darcy has been brought a lot of places in, okay. in the history, but like we've mm-hmm. never had, we've never had Dobby the house elf. <laughs> I, my other was, I would probably take uh, Agatha Christie's Poirot to like a steakhouse and just like look at everyone around and say tell me all like who you think is lying that was my Ooh. other answer but I, I felt like I was gonna I was gonna go with the house elf yeah this is like a fun spot <laughs> it seems like it it seems like it. so you have a podcast coming out tell everyone where they can listen to it when they can listen to it where they can find you on the internet Yes, thank you. So um, subscribe to Books, Beach, and Beyond, wherever you get your podcasts. There's, it's also booksbeachandbeyond.com, and it has all the, the icons there. But um, best-selling author Ellen Hildebrand and I, she calls me her work husband because we work so closely here <laughs> on Nantucket. Um, we decided to start a podcast, and it's been, it's been so much fun. It's been um, just enjoyable to hear her be able to talk to other writers and have two writers just chatting about the business and their lives. And then I kind of add a, a reader's um questions and questions of specific about their characters and uh, it's not a book by book podcast it's really just authors talking and i feel like i'm just really lucky to be able to be there and, and add my two cents to it so thank you so much for for speaking about it can't wait to check it out and where can people find you on instagram you can follow me at tim talks books um on instagram or facebook and also TimTalksBooks.com has a bunch of links there that you can find to author interviews and other fun bookish things. Oh, yay. Thank you. So next we have Leslie Stevens. Uh, Leslie is the creator of the popular newsletter Morning Person, which is among Substack's top 10 culture newsletters with over 22,000 subscribers. Her work has appeared in the Los Angeles Review of Books, Eater, Apartment Therapy, and Tasting Table, among other outlets, including Food 52 and Cupcakes and Cashmere, where she worked as an editor. A graduate of Wellesley College and the Columbia Publishing Course, she's currently earning her master's in professional mental health counseling with specializations in addiction and ecotherapy at Lewis and Clark College in Portland, Oregon. She has over 20,000 followers on Instagram, where she frequently documents her adventures with her pit mix rescue toast. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you so much. I was just trying to move out of view so that you could see toast, even though (laughs) this is a podcast recording. But I'm so excited to talk about books with you both. We're so excited to have you. 
So let's kick things off with your first most anticipated read for the year. What have you brought for us? It was so hard to nail it down because so many exciting books are coming out in 2023. But the most obvious choice from the get-go was this book, Bunyan Moon by my friend Tao Tai. It's coming out in June 23rd. I have been looking forward to this book since I first came across Tao's writing, which I first saw when I worked at Cupcakes and Cashmere. She submitted a blind pitch to our sort of open email inbox and The moment I read her writing, I knew that I wanted to have her on the website. She has this way of sort of describing these really hard to describe relational dynamics in this way that's just really beautifully evocative and very descriptive. And this book is such a perfect example of this. So this book alternates between the perspectives between three Vietnamese American women. It starts at the beginning of the book where this woman, Anne, realizes that she is pregnant with her fiance's baby at the same time she learns that her fiance has been cheating with her and her beloved grandmother, Min, has just passed away. And so she moves back down from New York to Florida. I think it was New York, but a big city down to Florida where her mother has been living in the house where she was raised. She has this very difficult relationship with her mother that honestly, I think a lot of us can sort of relate to. But what's so gorgeous about this book is that it alternates between perspectives. So you sort of learn about the history of her grandmother, Min, her mother, Huang, and then Anne's perspective in this way that just sort of gorgeously, um, it feels like it floats between each of the women's stories. And it was just a gorgeous read. And I'm so excited for it to come out later this month. Oh, that sounds great. It does. And I love the cover. I, I love that you have it here and we can look at it. It's a beautiful cover. Yes, I'm doing my sort of school show and tell where I have <laughs> each of the books to show you both. So the next book that I have is a very different book and I actually haven't read it yet, but it's at the top of my to read pile. It's this book, Nothing Special by Nicole Flattery. The thing that first drew me to this book was actually the blurb, which is by Sally Rooney, who I love. I know that both of you love. Um, And it just says, I truly love Nicole Flattery's writing, which honestly was enough for me to immediately request this book. How is Nicole Flattery still alive? If Sally Rooney said that about me, I would just (laughs) fall out of my chair and die right there. Exactly, right? I was like, oh my God, praise from Caesar. Like, I was like, can you imagine? No. Yeah, so I was obviously sold and was like, I need to get my hands on this book immediately. It takes place in New York City in 1966, and it's about this 17-year-old woman. Her name is May, and she gets hired to work under Andy Warhol. I think that she's helping him write a novel, and she meets this other young girl who is also working in sort of Andy's factory, and her name is Shelley. So May and Shelley sort of strike up this friendship, and I guess it's about sort of art in the 60s, these young women finding themselves in this um, really interesting and unique environment. And I cannot wait to start reading this if it's anything close to Sally Rooney's writing or has her praise, at least. Oh, I am not usually a historical fiction fan, but my one of my two exceptions is Warhol era New York. So this, (laughs) you just really spoke my language here. I'm exactly the same. I feel like I don't normally go for historical fiction, but honestly, if it takes place in the 1960s, I feel like I was born in the wrong era. So, you know, I sort of satisfy that by reading books about the 60s and 70s and just like pretending that I am the main character. Oh, this sounds so good. Do you know when it comes out? Yes, this comes out in July. I'm not sure of the exact date, but look for it, July 2023. Enough to start. A good start. 
<laughs> enough to start. I'm pretty sure it's later in the month, but you know, you can fact check me and figure out when exactly it comes out. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. So, I mean, those are the two books that I'm most excited about. There are already so many books that have come out this year that I've loved. I mean, Old Flame by Molly Prentice was so great. Homebodies by Tim Bay Denton's Hearst. Um, I'm really looking forward to Bright Young Women, which comes out later this year. But those are the two where I was like, okay, if I really have to like contain myself and narrow my list down, those are the two I'm most excited about this summer. It's a good year for books, for sure. So the final most important question of the day, you are going to any chain restaurant with any fictional character. Where are you going and who is coming with you? (laughs) I love this question so much. I would have to pick Maggie from Monica Heisey's really good, actually. Um, I I mean, she's fantastic. She's hilarious. She seems like a really good time. (laughs) I agree. I totally agree. Yes. And so like her, I'm also a member of the Surprisingly Young Divorcee Club. And I just feel like the two of us could like, well, first of all, the chain restaurant that we would go to is Panda Express because for better or for worse. (laughs) I don't think we've had that one before. (laughs) Maybe you had more places where you can like sit down and have an actual meal and have servers. But my favorite food in the whole world is orange chicken from Panda Express. So I'll take the opportunity to take Maggie there. There are um, no wrong answers here. No wrong <laughs> answers. No wrong answers. <laughs> I feel like we would get like a box, like a huge box of orange chicken to go. I don't usually drink, but I feel like she would be sort of like a bad influence in the best of ways. So maybe we would open up a bottle of champagne, NA or otherwise. We would go, you know, drink that like illicitly in a park while eating our orange chicken before a hilarious night out. I you know, clearly have this whole imagination of how this would go and would love to actually do that if she was not a fictional character, unfortunately. It sounds pretty perfect, honestly. Like, just a great combination of things. (laughs) Should we all actually just do that? Yes. Who doesn't love orange chicken, honestly? So tell everyone where they can find you, where they can follow you and read your work, and also tell us about your book coming out, which is very exciting. Yes. So everybody can currently find me at morningpersonnewsletter.com. I write and publish every Tuesday. I write cultural recommendations, a lot of book recommendations, of course, but I also talk about shows and movies and podcasts and then a lot about my own life. And then I also have this book that comes out next summer. It's called You're Safe Here, and it's being published uh, by Scout Press, which is an imprint of Simon & Schuster. And I'm really excited about it. It's sort of this speculative fiction story. It takes place 40 years in the future. I wrote it when I was living in LA. So it's very inspired sort of by the wellness industry there. And it alternates between the perspectives of three different women. There's sort of the founder of this wellness retreat, a woman who works for her, and then this woman who's on the retreat. And, you know, things, uh, things take an interesting turn. You'll just have to read it in a year from now. But hopefully we're talking about it next summer. That sounds like something I will love. (laughs) So I'm really excited about this. I will make sure that you get your hands on it. (laughs) Thank you so much. Well, thank you for being here and for sharing with us. Thank you for having me. I'm always happy to talk about books. Giselle is a book blogger and bookstagrammer based in Atlanta, Georgia. She's a CPA at a tech company by day, and in her free time, she enjoys reading and exploring her creative side with her blog and bookstagram account, Giselle Reads. Welcome, Giselle. 
Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. We also know that you're a listener of the podcast, which makes it all the more special to have you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm like friends with you guys, but you don't really, it's like a one-sided friendship. <laughs> well, now we really are. Wait until the episode's <laughs> over. Exactly. <laughs> um, tell us what you brought for us today. Yeah. So I have two books that I feel like are on the heavier side. I actually haven't like kept up with ARCs. I have like a giant pile back here, as you can see, of like ARCs that I haven't had a chance to read. But these are two books that I'm like super excited about to read that are coming up later this year. Um, so the first one is Evil Eye by Ita Brum. And Ita Brum is the author of The Woman is No Man, which was her debut that came out in 2019. Her new book comes out September 5th. Um, and I'm so excited about it. It's a literary slash contemporary fiction. Um, and it follows Yara. She's a Palestinian woman living in Brooklyn. And she was raised by a, by a conservative family. Um, but she thought she found her freedom by like, she has like a marriage, her family, her career. But for some reason, she still feels like it's not, not quite enough. Um, and then there's a, there's something that happens at her work where she fights with a racist coworker and gets put on probation. And her mother tells her that this is all because of a family curse. So she doesn't Ooh. quite believe on this, like old superstitions, but she finds herself kind of unpacking kind of things from her childhood, childhood and upbringing for clues as to why she doesn't really feel like unfulfilled. So it's like a complicated mother-daughter drama, um, and it's supposed to have similar themes to A Woman Is No Man, as, um, like grief, a desire for a more fulfilling life, things like that. So I'm so excited to to read it. Oh, this sounds great. It does. Yeah, I get very nervous about like follow-ups to like the views that I've read and loved. But um, this sounds very intriguing. It sounds like it's going to be heavy, but her previous book was a heavy book, but it had, again, kind of like literary contemporary fiction, but it also has a plot, which is, I need a plot in my book. So that it's kind of like, if, if it's heavy, you get lots of feelings, lots of different themes, but at the same time, it moves because there's there's plot of plot. So I'm hoping that's, that's the theme for this one. The best of both worlds. What about the second book that you brought for us? Yeah, so the second one is Bright Young Women by Jessica Knoll. This one comes out October 3rd. Um, and Jessica Knoll is the author of Luckiest Girl Alive, which was a very popular thriller as a Netflix show. I actually haven't read that one, <laughs> but I know it was very popular. Um, so this is a mystery thriller about the Ted Bundy's victims. It's a fictional telling of that. Um, however, his name's never revealed in the book. And it follows Pamela, who is the president of the sorority, where one day in 1978, four of her sisters were killed. And then it also follows Tina, whose friend Ruth suddenly disappears, and she's convinced that the same killer um, from the sorority is the someone that killed her friend. So she re reaches out to Pamela, and then they're both trying to grieve and find out what happened um, with their friends. So... It's both, like I said, it's focused on the women and the victims and the women that were impacted by these killings. It's a crime fiction and dark investigative mystery book, but it's more focused on the characters as well. So it may not be your typical like fast-paced thriller, um, but um, it sounds so interesting. So I'm very excited to read it. I can't wait to read this. It's very high on my list. 
Olivia. I feel like this is like on your alley, Olivia. <laughs> when I read it, I was yeah. like, I think Olivia would like it. <laughs> Olivia yeah, was it sounds great. a little bit mad that you, not mad, but she was disappointed <laughs> that you beat her to picking this one because this is on both of our lists of anticipated ones. I feel like um, I loved Luckiest Girl Alive, so I'm really excited about yeah. this one too, even though it isn't my usual affair. Yeah, I hear that this one's different than Luckiest Girl Alive, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm so excited. Um, and now we cannot let you go without asking you if you could bring any fictional character to a chain restaurant, who are you taking and where are you bringing them? I love this question and I always like to hear people's responses. So I'm going to go with Patrick from The Gunkle by Stephen Riley. Already a great choice. And I'm going to take him obviously to Chili's. Like I didn't even think about any other chain restaurant. <laughs> I was like, I'm gotta go to Chili's, but I cannot. I, I couldn't wait to see what his reaction would be. Like I would be like, we're just gonna go to have dinner because you know he does he does like the lunch slash dinner, and then we show up at Chili's and he'll probably like kill me and be like, where did you bring me? And oh, I think he'd be have... into the kitchen bit. You think so? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. It could, it, it could go either way, but then, like, we'll have precedence of margaritas and then just, like, catch up and, and have a good time. Now, does he have to get a sitter for the niece and nephew, or do they get to come, too? I love them, so I feel like they can come, too. That would be amazing. Chili's is really an all-ages experience, so, you know, like, yeah, you, guys, you guys can have the Presidente margaritas, and, like, they can just be <laughs> over here with chips, the kids' menu. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can all have a good time. I love that. Well, tell everyone where they can find you. I guess remind everyone where they can find you on Instagram. So you can find me at Giselle Reads on Instagram or also my blog, GiselleReads.com. Thank you for joining us today. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, Becca, what, what books have you brought for us today? Okay, I think the first one is not going to be a surprise at all. The first one that I have to continue shouting about is Same Time Next Summer by Annabelle Monahan. And this one came out last week, so it's already available. And I think some of our listeners have already read it. I think that this is going to be the beach read of the year. It is just a perfect second chance romance, has a very fun beach setting, and I loved it. So this one is set, it's set in a fictional Long Island town that's much more casual than the Hamptons. So I don't know what the equivalent is in real life, but it's like kind of like a quirky, cute Long Island beach town. And um, the main character is this very, very buttoned up woman uh, who's like very in control of herself. And she is about to get married and she lives in the city. And her parents convince her to come out to this little beach town to check out a wedding venue in town. And so she kind of goes begrudgingly with her fiancé. They're like this very polished, perfect couple. And while she's home, she's visiting home for a week, she ends up running into her first love, who is the boy next door. And it's told in, in now and then timelines, so you get to see their love story unfold when they're young. And then also the story of the present as she's kind of coming back to this place where she vacationed as a kid that she's kind of avoided since she left for college. You get to see her have these fun accidental run-ins with this guy. And it is so, so good. I think 
one of the things that I liked most about it was I liked her family so much. She has a really interesting, like, I think at one point in the book, they say it's like her parents are professors in the city, but they go out to the beach for the whole summer. And she's like, it's like hippies gone wild. And so she has these like fun, quirky parents. And then she also has a much younger sister. So she's in her 30s, but she has a 12-year-old sister. So that relationship's really fun too. Yeah, there was something about like her her family dynamic that I just really liked. And of course, the love story part of it too was so satisfying. Like I think if you liked Every Summer After last year, there's a lot, not, not that it's like a ripoff or anything, but there's a lot that they have in common in terms of the childhood neighbors slash falling in love to then estranged in the present and you don't know why. Obviously the beach setting and kind of like the small town, the small quirky town setting. So I reread this book already. I've read it twice. Oh, wow. I know. That's impressive. It's so good. And the writing is so good. I saw um, Phoebe of Read and Write share on Instagram about this book, and she said she loved it, but she shared some excerpts that she had highlighted, and it looked really lovely. I mean, I trust you, obviously. This is going to be the romance that I, like, save for my beach trip to the Outer Banks. That's what I'm going to... I'm going to do that. Oh, yeah. Or maybe in Mexico. But either way, buy a body of water. Couldn't recommend it more, but, like, bring a highlighter if the writer in you is in an annotation mood, because the writing in this is just so good. Okay, I will. (sighs) What's your second pick? So my second pick is... Family Lore by Elizabeth Acevedo. And this comes out in August. Elizabeth Acevedo wrote Clap When You Land and With the Fire on High and The Poet X, which are all YA books. And this is her first adult book. I'm a huge Elizabeth Acevedo fan to begin with. She's been on the podcast before. We did uh, Clap When You Land as a book club pick, I think when it came out in 2020 or 2019. And I'm just obsessed with Elizabeth Acevedo's whole like personal story like she wanted to be a rapper like uh, she's just so cool anyway um I'm really excited to see what she's gonna do in the adult space and I saw earlier this year Morgan Hoyt from NYC Book Girl read this book somewhere in the first quarter and she was like I can already say this is going to be in my top five if not my top number one book for 2023 which made me oh wow very excited I have an arc of this and I've been meaning to read it. So I'm that makes me even more excited. Same. So this is about a Dominican-American family and it's multi-POV. It's told through the voices of all of the women in the family and it's two different generations. So in the older generation, um, one of the sisters has a gift that she can predict to the day when someone will die. So she decides to throw a living wake and her sister's are kind of shocked by this and they're wondering if she's foreseen her own death, if she's foreseen someone else's, but she refuses to tell them what's going on. And so everyone comes to this living wake and everyone has their secrets that they're trying to protect that are coming out. And so the the book spans three days prior to the wake and it traces each of the lives of the Marte women. And it's told in both Santa Domingo and in New York City. I think there's like a little bit of magical realism in it with the being able to predict the the death. So there's like a glimmer of magic, which I feel like is true of a lot of Elizabeth Acevedo's books. I just, I'm so excited to see what this is. It sounds wonderful. I can't wait. I love her. Her writing style just feels so lyrical. And so I'm, I'm I don't know. I, I can't imagine this being a miss for me. Well, let's move into some end matter. Please tell me about your obsession. 
Okay, so I got these sandals from Nordstrom, and I think it's one of their house brands. It's called Open Edit, and they are these braided slides. I got them in lavender. They're $39.99, so they're very inexpensive, and I think they're so cute. Like, they're a step up from daytime casual sandals because they're leather or fake leather, I think. But they're definitely, like, cute and dressy enough to go out to dinner in, and they're pretty comfy. I, I don't think I'd want to walk a long distance in them because they're they're the kind of shoes that are really flappy, like they slap on the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I know exactly what I'm kind s- of shoe you're. Yeah, like I'm self-conscious saying. of the noise more than they're uncomfortable. Yeah, I got that. But they're so cute and they come in a, a bunch of colors. So I wanted to recommend in case anyone's on the hunt because I thought this was such a good price point. Oh, good. Good find. And they run true to size. What about you? I'm very curious about yours. <laughs> I know. Okay. So my mom recently started working at a Vineyard Vines as like a sales associate because she, I think, I don't know. She just wanted like a part-time job in addition to being a lawyer and was like, I'll work at a Vineyard Vines. So anyway, if you ever go shopping in Charleston and you see someone who looks like a older, smaller version of me, it's probably her. But she got me this pair of sweatpants And I was like, I don't need anything, (laughs) mom. It's fine. Thank you. But it's fine. I'm not actually sure if she's making any money because she, at one point during the family reunion this past weekend, which I guess should have been my high, which I totally forgot about. Anyway, I had a family reunion. 75 members of my family were there. And I swear to you, I walked out and it was like half the family was outfitted in Vineyard Vines. (laughs) I'm like, mom, are you, are you actually taking home any money at this point? But these sweatpants she got me are one of the most comfortable pairs of sweatpants I've ever worn. I don't know how to describe them. They have like a fleece lining, but it's not too warm. I have never really shopped at Vineyard Vines. I'm shocked. I'm shocked, but... I didn't even know they made sweatpants. Me either. I don't know. I don't know. But I I honestly wouldn't even have think they'd make my size. But anyway, I love them. So shout out to Kim and yeah. What about on the reading side? So I read Swipe Up for More by Stephanie McNeil. And this oh, I'm is so a no- excited for this one. <laughs> yeah, it was really interesting. It was a nonfiction book about Instagram and influencer culture and the behind the scenes stuff when it comes to influencers. I found it really interesting. I find influencer I find influencer culture both both as someone who has been an influencer and who follows influencers really interesting. It was really well done. And she sent me a copy and I'm really grateful. If you find all of that interesting, I think you will also uh, enjoy. I really enjoyed all of her reporting, her her newsletter, especially when she was at BuzzFeed before. So I'm I'm excited to check this out. Yeah, it's it's there's a lot of really, really interesting interviews that kind of surprised me. What about you? I'm on a romance bender. So the first thing <laughs> I read was The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. I took a skip on this when it came out because I thought it was going to be too cheesy for me. I have a really hard time with the books that blow up on TikTok and trying to discern which ones I will like and then which ones yeah. I will loathe. I get that. And I don't have a, I, I don't have a good filter criteria for that. So this one has just sold so many copies that I think like my author brain got curious. So cute. Really well written like well-developed characters. It's obviously very tropey and like a little bit cheesy, but it was really well done. And I thought it was really interesting because the whole thing takes place in 
a science lab. And so like the job that people have is very different than any kind of like book job I've seen people have before. So I really, really enjoyed it. And it's kind of like a slow burn, fake dating, will they or won't they romance. And the romance part of it is really great too. I've heard very good things about this. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Probably like four out of five stars. Like it's definitely not a five star, but completely enjoyable way to pass some time. Um, The second thing I read was Meet Me at the Lake by Carly Fortune. I had such a dead set like image in my brain of reading this at a beach. And I've had a copy for forever, but I was just like fundamentally unwilling to read it until I could read it at a beach. And finally, understandable. I know. And finally, I had to let that vision go because I went to an event of hers last night and I wanted to have read the book in advance. So I read it over the weekend and I really, really enjoyed it. It is about uh, these two people who meet in Toronto in a city of my dreams in their early <laughs> 20s and spend our dreams, our dreams and spend this one <laughs> a perfect day together. And uh, then they come back into each other's lives 10 years later. And they've kind of both been like, not that they were in love, but like they've thought about each other over the, the 10 years in between. And they, they get thrown together, working together and like all of their feelings come to the front. So I really enjoyed this. I will say, I think what I enjoyed about it most was the mother-daughter story as opposed to the romance. The main character, I guess trigger warning, the main character, her mom has recently passed away. And so she's dealing with kind of mourning her mother, but also like she wasn't necessarily super close to her mom. And so her mom's diaries are also woven through the book, empathizing with her mom, her mom's decisions and kind of like grieving that she never got to to really know and be close to her mom as an adult. And I loved the mother-daughter story. The love story was great too. The setting of this is great. It's at like a dirty dancing type resort in Muskoka, which I guess is north of Toronto. So definitely like similar vibes in a lake town, but it's like a very fun, a very fun resort with like all kinds of like quirky guests. So I really, really enjoyed this one. I just started this one as well. Oh, not by a lake or a body of water, though. I know. It didn't feel right, but I had to power through. I know. <laughs> it's very good. Um, and then my third one is this book called Practice Makes Perfect by Sarah Adams. And this is the second book in a loosely connected series. Uh, the first book is called When in Rome. This was another TikTok book series that I picked up. And I, I told you either last week or a couple weeks ago that I read the first book, Olivia. I mean, the first book was really, really good. The second book, I think, is an objectively perfect romance novel. Wow. It is so good. So the first book, the When in Rome book, is about a pop star who runs away and meets this small town baker. So then the second book, it's the guy, the baker's youngest sister, who's like very sweet and innocent. She owns a flower shop and uh, she starts this like practice dating, dating lessons thing with the pop star's bodyguard. It is wildly good we've already talked about this so i she's telling the truth she she's passionate about this oh book. my god really confirmed i was like giggling like a weird little maniac while i was reading it <laughs> it's so cute and so good two caveats i will give for this the first one is i don't think you can read it and enjoy it as much without reading the first one i do think that you need to read the first one because otherwise like 
the characters from that play, play too large a role and aren't really explained that I think like Got it. something would be missing if you just went directly into this. And the first book is really, really good. So it's not like it's like mm-hmm. you have to read a crappy book in order to enjoy this. I just don't think that you should pick up with this one first because I don't know yeah. if it would be as good for you. The second one, which I would have thought would have been a problem for me, but really wasn't, is that it's only a PG-13 romance. So it's like closed-ish door. Like it's like they kiss, there's a little bit of foreplay, and then it's like fade to black. But it's Mm -hmm. written in such a way that like the kissing is so steamy that you're like, I'm fine with it. (laughs) Well, you're in your PG-13 romance era. I am. But I just say that in case somebody is expecting like, some really raunchy stuff and I don't want you to be disappointed. I'm sure they won't based on what you said. Oh my God. It's so good. It's nice of you to warn people. Sounds very good. So outside of that, two other bookish updates. One, we have our June book club coming up at the end of the month. We're reading fourth wing. Dragons. Dragons. (laughs) We're reading fourth wing by Rebecca Yeros. The thing you need to know about this book is that it is sold out everywhere. It is so popular that it is it is pretty much not available in print. So if you want to read with us, you have to read um, on Kindle. Or I've also heard the audiobook is really good. It's so good. Olivia, would you like to give us any summary? I, I don't know how to even pitch this book. It's about dragon riders at a war college. And there's a lot of like inner fighting and competition and drama and romance. I haven't gotten to that part yet, but it's building. It's building to to the romance. I'm not sure if this is, is this like a team this person or team this person kind of thing? No, not really. I think they set it up that it's supposed to be, but like it it isn't. Okay. Well, um, I... So far, I think I'm like maybe 100 pages in, maybe 120, starting to fly through it. Let me just say, no one asked for this. But the most amazing thing about this book is that like I put it down and it's almost like I have literally gone to like, I have gone to the dragon world for, I know that's like the point of fantasy, like world building, but it's such a nice feeling to just completely be out of this universe for a little bit. So I'm starting to to see what the hype is all about. So we'll be reading that. And then also... Today, in the Facebook group, we are opening up our voting for our July book club, which is our listeners pick book club. We do it every July. Oh, I can't wait. You get to pick. So go to the Facebook group, look for the voting poll thing. You can either vote for somebody else's choice or you can add your own. Uh, and I'm very curious to see what we read. Me too. I can't wait. Join us in the Facebook group if you have books you want to talk about that are coming out that you're hyped about, we want to know. Uh, you can join us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. I'm at Olivia Mentor. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.